I'm Cassie Hilbron, and this is the Cook It Real Good podcast, bringing you shortcuts to success in the kitchen. Today's episode will teach you how to make your own jam. I chat with Kathy from the blog Homespun Seasonal Living. Kathy is a blogger and teacher living in Northwest Montana. She embraces a simple and seasonal life in which she works and is often found either making a mess in the garden or in the kitchen. Kathy takes us through what we need to make jam, how to safely store it, and some awesome recipe ideas. This week's recipe of the week is my healthy banana pancakes. You've got a spotty banana? I've got an awesome breakfast idea. These pancakes only need a few simple everyday ingredients and are so easy to whip up. Treat yourself to a special breakfast this week by grabbing the recipe as well as all the links we discuss in today's episode at cookitrealgood.com slash 44. Now, let's dive in. Hi, Kathy. Welcome to the Cook It Real Good podcast. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Today, it's going to be kind of confusing, like Kathy, Cassie. <laughs> so, so, people actually, I get Kathy all the time when I'm talking on the phone. I'm like, no, it's Cassie. <laughs> I get Cassie too, so that's funny. It's just that, the, uh, yeah, it's too similar. It's so close. <laughs> now, we're going to talk about jam today, but before we get into it, can, I, can you let me know what your signature dish is? signature dish. Well, if we're going to talk about my signature jam is a mint mixed berry jam. That's the one that I make that I like the most and that most people like like request year after year. So that's my favorite. What kind of berries are we talking? Well, I grow strawberries and raspberries in my garden. So it's usually some combination of those two. Plus uh, we have Saskatoon berries uh, in Montana that grow wild. And I usually toss some of those in there too. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that sounds like such an interesting combination. Not one that I've right. tried before. So I'd right. be keen. I'll have to come over and grab a jar from me. <laughs> there you go. For sure. And I use fresh mint from the garden in there because mint and berries is always so really good. And it really is just a tasty jam. So. Oh, yum. I love that you're able to, to grow your own as well. That's uh, right. <laughs> that's always makes it a bit better. It's like it's got that it freshness does. to it. <laughs> it does. It does. And, you know, berries, berries, at least here where I live in Northwest Montana, is uh, super easy to grow. It's <laughs> something that doesn't take a lot of time. And mint, too, tends to be really easy to grow. So low-stress things to grow. Even better. <laughs> Even better. I've noticed that there's been a bit of a... Uh, increase in people trying to grow their own produce since this pandemic with, I don't know if it's the same over in America, but in Australia, it is. our hardware stores are selling out of seeds and everything like that. And I'm curious, like, I hope that this means that people are, you know, becoming more self-sufficient and turning maybe back to a more simpler way of life where we, you know, can grow and sustain some food for ourselves. But I, I also hope that it's not something that we start during this pandemic and then forget about it. <laughs> I know. I know. I hope that's true too. I hope it. Although I think if people, I, you know, I, I think I'm biased of course, but I think if people garden and do a little canning or making jam, I think that you'll become enamored with it in such a way that you won't really want to give it up. Even maybe you won't have as much time. You'll have to, you know, be realistic, but I still think people, once you start, you'll enjoy it and want to keep going. 
on that's that. true once you get that first taste of your fresh crop you're going to want to <laughs> keep going right that's right so we're going to talk about all things jam today but i thought a good place to start might be what are the basic ingredients how what's the formula to making a basic jam so yes you can you can make it all fancy and add all different things into it but if we were just starting with the most basic jam what ingredients would you really you just need you need fruit. Usually you add a little lemon juice because that helps it gel and some pectin and sugar uh, if you want. Sugar helps everything gel together, but you can make it without. So that's really it. You need sugar, fruit. You can use some vegetables, um, pectin, and a little splash of lemon juice. That's the most basic jam recipe. And from there, yes, you can get really fancy. You can use no sugar at all and just use fruit. You can use honey. You can use, you know, maple syrup. You can do anything you want. And how much sugar you add is completely up to you. How much sugar you add would depend on the type of pectin you use. And you can buy commercial pectin, you know, in the grocery store or online. And if you're going to use a small amount of sugar, you use a low sugar pectin. Imagine that. (laughs) If you're going to use a lot of sugar, then you use a traditional pectin. And you can also skip the pectin and make jam. And what you do in that point is you just cook the jam, the fruit and the sugar and the lemon juice together until it reaches the gel point. So it's almost like making candy. It's not quite the same thing, but you, and so you just have to cook it for a long time until it gets there. And for ease, and especially when you're first getting started, use the pectin. Very interesting. Now, I have a friend, Sarah from Sustainable Cook. She's also a blogger, so I'll give her a shout out. <laughs> Who was telling me about making my own jam last year and was talking to me about pectin, and I had no idea what it was. She ended up buying me a bottle. <laughs> so, for those of us who are jam novices, what is pectin? So it comes from usually two different sources. Often it comes from, it's dehydrated apple. You can actually make your own pectin from green apples. It's a long process, but you can do it. And it also comes from um, citrus. So the rinds of citrus have a lot of natural pectin in them. And so you can use that. That's how marmalade is actually traditionally made. It's made with the rinds and the seed and all the membranes inside the, the citrus fruit. That's what helps it gel into a jam. There you go. I learned uh, as soon as I got my bottle, I came home and made some jam. I had to give it a go. <laughs> there you go. Right, and so there are there is a liquid pectin, and then there is a powdered pectin. So it just depends on how you wanna how you wanna make it. I like it. All right. So if we've made our own jams, this is your other specialty is talking about how we store it. So if you make a jam, obviously, um, if you're eating it immediately, could you store it in the fridge? Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. So if you're just going to make it and want to eat or just make a jar or two, you can absolutely store it in the fridge, you know, eat it up within a couple of weeks so it doesn't mold, just like commercial jam. Um, you can also freeze jam. You often want to use a different kind of pectin, but not always for freezing because it might get a little too hard. But, you know, you can freeze it and it'll be just fine. And then you can can it. And then the great thing about canning it is that it makes it shelf stable. So it can last uh, up to a year. You should use it up within a year. And then after you open the jar, of course, put it in the refrigerator. But canning is really just a process of boiling. In this case, for jams, we use boiling water canner. And so you just really submerge the jars into uh, boiling water 
for a certain amount of time. Usually we start at 10 minutes uh, from sea level to a thousand feet above sea level. And then we add time based on our elevation. And that's really all there is to it. And then you take them out of the jars and you take the or out of the canner and you just let the jars cool and you take the rings off and that's it. I mean, it sounds almost too simple. And to some extent, it really is. The great thing about jam is when people can, right, we're always worried that we're going to like can a giant jar of botulism. <laughs> but the great thing about jam is that it's so high in acid. And especially if you make a traditional jam that has a whole lot of sugar in it, it's so high in acid that you, you're not, you don't really have to worry about the botulism at all. So you just want to make sure that you can it for the right amount of time. And there are several websites online. Um, here in the United States, we have the ball website and usually um, different departments of agriculture have websites that will tell you the exact amount of time that you want to can something for your location in the world. And all that means is, like I said, 10 minutes or 15 minutes or whatever. And so you just want a pot that is deep enough to cover your jar by two inches of water. So you can use, you know, your pasta pot or a large stock pot. You just want to put a, a towel or something on the bottom because you don't want those glass jars to sit directly on the heat. They'll break. Wow. Okay. Um, I like that you don't have to buy anything special, like other than no. obviously the jars, because for a lot of us, that could be daunting to start off with. <laughs> right. So yeah. So for, if you're brand spanking new, then you do obviously need to have some jars. And the jars usually come when you buy like a box at the grocery store. They come with the jar and then they have a lid and they have a ring. And so you fill your jar to one fourth of an inch to the top we call that headspace in canning you leave mm -hmm. one fourth of an inch headspace and uh, so that's what you fill with jam and then you wipe off the top of the rim so that there's no little bits of food or anything on the top and then you put your lid on and then you put your ring on and you screw that on finger tight and then you put it into your boiling water and that's really it and you can reuse the jars and the rings but you shouldn't reuse the lids okay they're only meant for single use Okay. That's awesome. All right. So you boil it and then obviously we can find out how long we would need to boil it for. I like that they have these resources. That's great. Right. We have a great one and I can send you the link here in the United States. It's called the National Center for Home Food Preservation. And they have a really amazing, it's not a fancy website. It's very plain Jane, but it has everything you need to know about canning. It's there and really easy to follow. So if you ever have a question, I always tell people, and I, when I have a question, I've been canning a long time, but when I have a question, that's where I go. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, I'll link that in the show notes. That sounds really helpful yeah. as well. And you're right. It doesn't yeah. need all the uh, <laughs> bells and whistles if it's just giving no. you the information that you need. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So what are some common mistakes that people make when they're canning jam? Okay. So I think the thing that happens most often is sometimes a jam will just not gel very well. You added the pectin, you followed all the recipe, you followed all the instructions. And then after it cools, it's still kind of runny. So you have some options at this point. You can add more, you can open the jars, add more pectin and recan it. But I always tell people, don't set other people up. <laughs> Just tell people that you intended it to be a syrup. <laughs> so, because nobody's going to say, oh, I don't want your mixed berry ice cream topping or your, you know, your strawberry rhubarb um, pancake syrup. Just tell people that it was syrup and they won't, they won't ever know the difference and they'll still enjoy it, right? They'll still pour it over their pound cake or over their ice cream or over their waffles and they'll love it and they'll never know any difference. So just don't even bother setting them up for that. 
that's probably the most common problem. And then in strawberry jam, for some reason, the strawberries almost always separate. So what will happen is like the, the chunks of the strawberries will float to the top of the jar and then the bottom will just kind of be the gelled juice, you know, sugar mixture. And that's just a very common thing. Every time I teach a canning class afterwards, I'll get somebody who emails me about that. And I just tell them it's common. And what I, the thing to do is just when you open the jar of jam, just give it a little stir. And then when you put it in the refrigerator, it'll stay together. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah. yeah, it's very, it's really simple. And then, you know, of course, sometimes jars don't seal in the canner, and there's a lot of reasons why that could happen. That could just be that you had the jar filled too full, or you didn't screw the lid on tight enough, or there was a little bit of you know syrup or jam or piece of fruit, and the the lid couldn't make good contact. And so when that happens, you have the option again of, you know cleaning off the thing and cleaning off the jar and putting it back in the canner or you could just put it in the freezer and the refrigerator and eat it up first you know and put the other jars back in the pantry that's a good idea now that kind of leads me on to my next question so once we have canned it how do we store it because you said like most you could save for up to a year how do we make sure that we're storing it properly Right. So you just want to store it like you would store, you know, any kind of canned good in a place, you know, generally we want to store it out of direct sunlight because that'll affect the color eventually. You just want to store it in a, a space that's not going to freeze because glass jars will break. Just wherever you keep your normal canned goods, you know, is perfect for it. You just want to keep it there. We do, when we store them, we do want to take the rings off, right? So the lid will have been sealed and it's not going to come off, but that ring, we don't store our jars with the rings on. You can put the ring on when you put the open jar back in the refrigerator, but in the pantry, you don't need that ring on there. There's a couple of reasons for that. One is that sometimes a jar will unseal in the pantry. It's uncommon, but it can happen. And if you have that ring on there, it might reseal and it gives you the false impression that that food is still safe when actually it isn't. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then the other thing is sometimes mold can grow between the ring and the jar. And then that mold will actually grow up underneath the lid and pop it. Again, these are uncommon things, but it's better just to take the, just take the ring off and put it in your pantry. Yeah, that's good advice. <laughs> Let's not tempt fate. <laughs> that's right, right? And, you know, Grandma it, it may have canned jam, and she might have used paraffin wax on it to store it. I don't know if you know about that, but a lot of people that ta- took my canning classes know about that. That's just not at all safe or recommended in modern times. Please don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's interesting some of the things that I guess we used to be able to get away with. <laughs> Right. And the reason they could get away with it, again, was because back then they used so much sugar. They would use like two cups of fruit to eight cups of sugar. And all that sugar just was really doing the preserving. Oh, yes. But probably not so good for us. (laughs) No, no. (laughs) So do you give jam as gifts? I do give gems as gifts. And so I generally, uh, because I do keep a garden, it's a great way to share the garden with people who might not be close by, you know, that can mail them something nice from my garden. So a jar of jam is nice. It's also really nice if people forage, like if you forage and there's something growing in your particular area that might not be growing, you know, where you're cousin lives or your brother or your sister it's a really nice way to share home with someone so I think it's a nice thing plus I just think homemade jam is just a really comforting and cozy thing and I think it's a great way to like pair it up right it's a great way to 
fill a gift basket or a care package for someone. So a jar of jam, maybe with, uh, you know, a pancake mix or a waffle mix or even a loaf of homemade bread, something like that is a, a really fun thing. It's also, you know, if you make thumbprint cookies with it, that kind of stuff. So it's just a completely versatile thing that almost everyone loves. Or at I least no one's idea. ever told me that they don't. <laughs> I love the idea of, yeah, like giving it as a, a care package. I know right now we're all trying to find ways to, I guess, like connect and give the people that we love love without having to like physically touch them, which is hard. So, you know, something right. like if we did spend our time in isolation, making some jam and some fresh bread or whatever it is. I know a lot of people are trying to bake bread these days. Right. <laughs> those to, you know, the, our neighbors or the people or our family just drop it off on their doorstep. I think that would be such a nice present right now. It is. And it's so easy. And it's something, you know, because, you know, everybody has so much stuff as it is, right? We all have so much stuff. And generally, we don't really need much in terms of things or even want for much. A lot of us are so blessed that we really don't even want for things. So a jar of jam is something you can give somebody, they eat it up and they're done with it. And often people will give you the jar back even (laughs) because they don't even want it, you know? (laughs) So it's just a nice thing to give somebody something that you are giving them love, but you're also giving them something that's edible and kind of disposable and that they don't have to find room for in their house somewhere. That's so true. I, I've been trying to be very minimalist in the last couple of years, just because we've moved house a few times and you go, I do not need all of this stuff and just moving it around and I never use it. So (laughs) I'm all for, if anyone wants to give me edible gifts, I'm all about it. That sounds great. (laughs) I am too, you know, and I do a lot of cooking, but I'm always like, yeah, I'll take those cookies, whatever you, (laughs) whatever you've got, I'll take it. (laughs) I'll take it. I'll eat it. Yep. What are some um, fla- like jam flavors that are your favorite? So I really like that mint uh, mixed berry. That sounds awesome. But what are some other delicious ones people could try? Right. Um, I quite like rhubarb, uh, which grows pretty easily here. So um, I know it doesn't grow easily everywhere, but rhubarb is probably one of my favorites because it's kind of that tart, uh, sweet thing. And then... Um, you know, it does need a little more sugar than other stuff, but it's also quite good. Rhubarb and strawberry is always a, a pretty natural combination. And this is going to sound kind of strange, but um, I like a blueberry with balsamic vinegar and just a tiny little pinch of black pepper. Oh, that it is very interesting. Yeah, it is really good, but it's uh, it's a little different, but it's really um, quite good. I really really like that one. I like it. And there's one that I make occasionally that tastes. It's called it's a carrot cake jam. So it's got like pineapple in it, and it has a little bit of shredded carrots in there. And it's you know it's just a giant play on carrot cake, but it's pretty good. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. That sounds amazing. I like, I really do like the mixture of like a balsamic with berries. Like it's something that you wouldn't expect to be nice, but it is. (laughs) Right. And then, you know, then there's some sweetness because the balsamic vinegar is also sweet, but you're still adding a little bit of sugar and the berries are sweet. It is really quite good. I, I, it is something that I, I I like a lot and you can even make, um, you can make jelly. It's not jam and jelly is a little fussier than jam, but you can make it out of wine or beer even if you really wanted to get a little fancy oh i love how creative you can be with it i guess what you're teaching us is the sky's the limit if you're going to be it is mental have a go (laughs) right really it is and i think the thing is really just to find a recipe 
when you're first getting started, find a recipe that looks good that you think, oh, I really will like this. You know, it has the right fruit that you like and maybe just the right amount of sugar or sweetener to it and, and experiment with that until you kind of get the process down and then feel free to toss in you know if you wanted to make like an apple jam you can toss some spice you know some dried spice in there if you want or switch it up a little bit you can often mix and match fruits so if you don't have like a mixed berry if you do, if the recipe calls for four cups of blueberries but you have one cup of blueberries and three cups of strawberries fine go for it you know yeah you're only limited to what you want to have a try of <laughs> i like That's that right because sometimes we can get hung up on like oh i don't have this much of a, of a ingredient but usually there's a easy fix or you know try something different that's right that's right and, and i think just the important thing to remember is just to can it for the right amount of time just to process it in that boiling water bath for the right amount of time for your elevation wherever you are in the world and the rest of it is safe and fine you just want to make sure that you're following that process so there's nothing to worry about awesome and we'll make sure i'll make sure that that link is in yes for anyone wanting to find out about how long they should can that for. That's great. Well, thank you, Kathy, for coming on today. Would you let my listeners know where they can find you? Sure. I blog at homespunseasonalliving.com. And, and there you can find all my social media and Instagram and sign up for my newsletter and all that fun stuff. And I love to see you. And there's plenty of jam recipes on there if people want to just find something new to get started. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, thank you so much. I've really enjoyed this. And now I'm going to have to go and experiment some with some interesting flavors on jam. I think I'm going to have to try that blueberry balsamic. That sounds so good. <laughs> there you go. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. I had so much fun chatting with Kathy about all things jam. I've seen quite a few people whipping up some jam during this isolation period. So I'm sure that Kathy's tips will be really useful. For all the links we discussed in today's episode, head to cookitrealgood.com slash 44. That's it from me. Have a great week and don't just cook. Cook it real good. Bye.